Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast phase one, where we know that the first step in solving any kind of problem is by talking about it. So let's share our views, let's share our vision and our opinions, because that will get us at least one step closer to finding a practical solution for the problems that we face as young people. So today we are going to continue with this new series. Today is two out of, I don't know. I don't know how many of these I'm going to do. I think I do know, but I just like, I can't count at the moment. But yeah, two out of however many we're going to do this month. So I'm pretty excited. And today's entrepreneur is actually from the Western Cape and I'm from the Eastern Cape. So I feel super cool and super privileged. I'm talking to the cool kids today because us Eastern Cape kids, your guys, I don't know. We don't even know how to keep our own city names. We just stay switching names. So uh, we have Jordan with us today. Jordan, would you like to introduce yourself? And uh, yeah, tell us where you're from, what you're studying, if you're still studying. And um, if you could live in any other African country, which country would it be? Hi, so I'm Jordan Cox um, and I own the Bam Blam business. Um, I'm actually from Hong Kong and I went to boarding school in grade nine to DSG in the Eastern Cape. No so I'm ways. Kind of, I'm actually also an Eastern Cape girl. That's um, and I just graduated last year from the Stellenbosch Academy of Design and Photography. And this year I've moved to Cape Town and I've just started my own business. Dude, um, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, when you're saying you're an Eastern Cape girl, so <laughs> yeah, kind of so am I. DSG was fun though. They were really, really nice and had like those cool coats. I think they were the brown coats that they would wear. Yes, those nasty brown coats. I, did like <laughs> I thought they were so cool. They looked like Hogwarts kids. <laughs> <laughs> that is hectic. So you're from Hong Kong. Yeah. That is so, so I still cool. Live there, um, but I just commute between. My parents still live there. Oh, um, is it? Yeah. So Dude, that is so there. cool. Obviously not COVID and stuff, but yeah. the past year I've been in South Africa, but um. Usually, I, I go back, like, twice a year. So, how has it been having to stay here, like, more regularly than you actually would? It hasn't bothered me at all. I mean, my parents, so they've actually been stuck in South Africa since December. Because um, oh. to go back into Hong Kong, they have to do, like, six weeks of hotel quarantining. So, they've just been chilling in Kenton. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's been nice. I haven't actually been homesick at all. Um, and it's a good time of year to be in South Africa. Yeah, well, it's exactly. It's been nice. That is so cool. Oh my goodness. An entire Hong Kong <laughs> resident. Oh my gosh. So tell me about your business, um, especially the name. The name is just so unique. And I, it turns out I've actually been pronouncing it the wrong way. I've been pronouncing it the South African way, which is Bambalam, which is kind of sounds like the Kosa language in a way. But anyways, obviously, you know, as South Africans, we just like to South Africanize everything. So tell me about your business, what you do. And um, have you always been entrepreneurial? Did you know that you were actually going to eventually start your own business? Or was it some kind of spontaneous thing that you decided to um, explore? So should I start off with why it's called Bambalam? Yeah. So I was in Hong Kong one summer and I was going out that night and my godmother was trying to give me money to go out. I said like to my godmother, I said, I cannot take this money. And she says, she kept pushing it back and forth. And eventually she's like, okay, fine take this money but I want you to go out and buy me a fish and bring it for me back so I said okay fine Liz like I'll take the money so I go out because she's just got a new fish tank mm-hmm. I go out and I see this we have this really cool fish market so I choose her this like black samurai like really cool fish it's got these huge eyes 
And um, I bring it back to her house. And well, I, I first bring it back home. And my mom's like, this is the most hideous fish I've ever seen. You cannot give it to your godmother. And I was like, what do you mean? This is like, it's such a cool fish. I take it over to her place. She's only got these like tiny little rainbow fish. And she's so nice to me. She says, I absolutely love this fish. I'm mm-hmm. calling it Black Betty. You know the song that goes like Black Betty, Bam Blam, that one? Oh, like, yes. Or whatever it is. <laughs> so, yeah, so that fish ended up eating everything in the tank. It, like, it destroyed oh everything. But, um, my godmother showed me that song. And after that, I was like, okay, Bam Blam, um, there we go. That is so cool. It is quite an interesting story. Oh my goodness. Dude, you're full of surprises. First of all, you're from Hong Kong. And then some random fish. (laughs) That is so cool. But I'm like, the whole point about my business is it's like kind of supposed to be like crazy, wacky and not really make sense. So I thought the name Bam Blam doesn't make much sense. And it's kind of fitting for the style of my clothing. Mm. And yeah, just like the fun, lightheartedness of it. It's very fitting, especially the the breakfast um, dungarees. I absolutely love those. I must still order one. I've, I've been DMing <laughs> you about those. <laughs> I'm super excited to get my own. Um, <clears throat> so when you started your business, did you... So obviously you were... Were you always sure about starting this business? Or was it something that only came to you when you were about to finish and graduate? So I always... I was always kind of in the idea, like, the dream when I was young was just always, like, I want to be able to make my own clothes, I want to have my own business. But in our last year of varsity, they kind of propose that you have to create your own business. No, they do. You have to do a whole design brief from, like, your own business. Mm. So it's, like, all hypothetical and stuff. And then I came up with this name, Bam Blam, and I designed a bunch of these dungarees. And I never actually made any. I just, like, photoshopped onto friends that I took photos of them. Mm. And then suddenly the year came to an end and I decided I don't study again. Um, studying's not for me and it's COVID. So I couldn't travel. Um, so I decided flip, there's nothing for me to in Cape Town. I may as well just start my own business. So yeah, I kind of kicked off that and like having so many friends or like friends are so supportive of it. So they were just like kept pushing me, like start a business, start a business. So mm-hmm. I just, I went with it and just kind of as simple as that. It's actually pretty cool because it, it the business plan that you had was almost kind of foolproof because you you had almost been graded on it. So you kind of had that, um, that kind of comfortable footing to actually get into it because you already had a plan anyway. So it was just about now executing it. But now that process of executing and getting it off the ground, um, I'm pretty sure that there were some scary things that might have led you to possibly doubt yourself and doubt I mean as much as you were getting lots of support I mean I'm sure imposter syndrome like it doesn't doesn't really care about anything or anyone or what kind of support that you have so what kind of um how was the process like what were the scary things that possibly prevented you from even getting started at all well, even though I said, like, you have all the friend support, you kind of realize, like, when I launched this business, it's like it wasn't actually one friend that bought something. It was all people from, like, that I'd never heard of before finding me and following me, hmm. which was also a bit of, a, like, a shock that you kind of, yeah. It's like friends are always, like, very supportive and, like, give you the ideas and stuff or, like, support you, but it's actually a lot of people you don't know who end up buying your stuff. Hmm. Um, but it's just scary. Like, you post something, it's like, is anyone going to respond? Have I just wasted a bunch of money and I'm just going to be left with all the stock. Yeah. It's just like a gamble you have to take. Um, yeah. And it really is a gamble. Cause I mean, especially with you, you have to buy the material and you have to have the stock on hand already so that you're like ready to roll out anything that 
you know will potentially be ordered and not knowing whether you know you're going to have enough orders that is pretty scary but like what kept you going though um you know having those fears Uh, and Mm-hmm. The whole point of this business, like, wasn't actually supposed to be about, like, making money this year or, like, well, I mean, I, I do need the money now. Like, I've, I've actually, I really need it. But um, <laughs> the whole the whole point of it was just, like, just to see where I could push myself or if I could actually make something that, like, lasts or, like, is somewhat successful and, like, just create, like, a really cool, different mm. clothing brand that, like, shows my art. Because, like, this is, I, I just, I love clothes. I love dungarees. It's what I feel most comfortable in. Mm. And I just think they're fun they're for everyone. Um, so like that's yeah my business isn't about like making money or being some huge brand like it's slow fashion it's small and like the whole kind of business like I, I would never want to go into like a big store not that I think I'd ever get there but um I just it's like about me like meeting people and like yeah I'm, I'm yeah it's just oh, I don't really know what else to say yeah, and I think that is pretty like, refreshing because I think when you produce on such a large scale, you lose that whole essence of it. Your clothes is essentially about people and it's about exactly. um, kind of allowing them to choose your brand because it identifies with their form of expression through their outfits mm. and what they wear. And I guess sometimes you lose all of that relevance when you kind of blow up a bit much. So I think it's quite sure. refreshing that you're not like any generic other individual that's like obsessed with blowing up and being super popular, yeah. that you're content with um, your mission as a brand. Um, yeah. And with what you said about how you had a lot of support from friends, how important do you think it is to have support from friends? Do you think that um, it's, it's super important or do you think that you yourself need to be more supportive and more present for yourself than, um, than having, you know, friends in that kind of community? Um, I mean, it's com- I mean, it's completely important for both of that. I, like, I do have so much support in myself, and it's, it's on my mind often. Like, I love doing it, but I mean, having your friends supporting you, like, you just do have those moments of, like, indecisiveness, and, like, you just, you know, live, the girls I live with have just been incredible throughout it all. Like, it's stupid things like writing a caption, and it's like, I hate writing captions. I'm, I'm not mm. very good with this, but, like, these girls are there for me. <clears throat> or, yeah, no, I, it's so important for both. It's really nice to just have people that kind of assure you and, like, like I've, I think I've had once this year where I, was, I just was just like, why am I, like, I just kind of like collapsed. I was like, I didn't think anyone wants this. Like, why am I doing mm. this? And, and they just like sat me down. They're like, Jordan, what do you mean? It's like, have you seen like the response you've gotten? Like everyone, everyone does want this. And it's just like, it's those moments you do need your friends. Yeah. Like it's not often this glitches happen, but it's, yeah. You sure, and it. as you're saying, like, it really does happen. And like, it's not, I think it's just natural sometimes for us as human beings to be hard on ourselves and just to kind of expect to perform at a, at a certain level. And like you're saying, I think that that balance is important. You do need people to kind of reassure you, but also knowing that you have your why and you have your vision, you need to be able to kind of reassure yourself when there isn't necessarily that external validation, um, because sure. also relying on that constantly can can stop you from getting to where you want to be um so now okay yes you're not fully south african but as a south african entrepreneur i mean you did start your business here um what have been the most frustrating uncontrollable external factors that have made this process of running your business or developing your business difficult um when I, so actually when I first started off this business, um, I wanted to be doing everything by myself. Like I was going to, so I make all my hats and I make all my hats. Mm-hmm. I sew that and paint that myself. And I was starting off to do dung, sewing the dungarees too, but I wasn't sewing them to like a high enough 
quality. So I had to get um, someone else to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And I suppose like that's I, that's the only factor I can think of right now is having some like I like to control everything myself and like be managing it because I trust what I do and yeah. Always working with someone else who I couldn't always plan to work to it can be quite hard because it's things don't always go the way you want to go. It's been like yeah. a long actually launching this thing has been a lot harder getting sizing right getting all those kind of things it's been that's been quite challenging is working with someone else as as little and small as that is because it adds yeah i don't know if that's really yeah it it makes sense um i mean you you probably like you had an idea or like a vision of uh, this is how i want to do things and kind of delegating to someone else like your baby your business it's not an easy task but i guess that's i mean you get to a point where you really have to think okay quality over what like what i want to do and you know what i want to have control over and um thinking about you know the sizing and all of that that can get very very complicated and just in general like everything that you have to think about you know like the little labels at the back and all of that the tags and the career services and And like trying to make sure that like because you, like, the whole point of this business is that, like, I want it to be inclusive for everyone, all mm. like sizes and shapes and stuff. But like, actually launching this and like getting the funds for it. So I actually started off by this year and like a bit of last year, I was just making these um, custom-made hats for everyone, and that's what kind of started off my um, like capital and the money I put into the business mm. to get the dungarees going. Because like the dungarees isn't like some money-making thing. It it is just kind of it's just for fun. And like the hats is actually what's making me a bit of money yeah but it's funding the dungaree business at this point um so in yeah. the beginning um when you were like okay i actually want to get started with the hats because that was the, f- the first phase i guess of um starting your business how how important is okay this is a very a silly question in a way but how important is money so and in a sense that how do you budget how I don't know, like, because I know a lot of people when they start a clothing business, they think that you need like a lot of money and you really do. But I think you have to be smart with how you work with your stuff, because I mean, you will sell and hopefully that money will come back and you just kind of capitalize it back into the business. So how, like, what should the focus be on? Sure, that's the thing. I didn't do much. I didn't think that hard. I, I, this is so stupid. I should have planned better uh. when I started all of this. Um, but so like my whole point of this is that like so uh, the other thing that was a bit of a fear and like a bit of a mess up initially is that because I wanted this to be really slow fashion and no waste. Um, mm. I wanted to do I printed some fabric. No, I printed some fabric and then I took orders for my first um, all day breakfast dungarees, and then I was going to get them made. So there's no waste and it's. But then when I started off doing that, it was taking like it took like three weeks to get the people the dungarees. And it's like, and people were perfectly happy with it. They were like, please don't worry at all. But it's like, for me to be keeping customers waiting Mm. three weeks for dungarees, like, I can't do that. Yeah. It's just, it's too, like, that's too slow. And it's not everyone will be happy with that. So, like, that was a hiccup initially. So, for these, like, new dungarees, I just kind of had to do a guess order of what I think, what I think will go. Oh, Um, I see. Yeah. It's more of a gamble as well. So, it's like, because I, I, I've just, I was kind of building it up slowly, like, spend a little bit of money because I'm only doing dungarees and short bursts. Like as I said, these aren't, things aren't like mass producing mm, out. Mm. I'm going to do one, like you won't see more of those all day, all day breakfast dungarees. Like that pattern's done because I don't want everyone wearing the same thing. Oh yes, true that, that as well. 
you know, it's the worst when you pitch someone and someone's wearing the exact same thing as you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Or you just get over, like, everyone kind of initially is, like, hyped about the brand, and then they see everyone has it. It's just like, okay, well, I don't want to wear yeah. it anymore. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep it super limited. That's what I am doing. Um, but, yeah, it's just been, yeah, just, like, having to gamble that money and, like, kind of put it, like, will people buy it or not is mm. a bit nerve-wracking as, like, anyone would find it. But that's why I'm just doing the hats on the side to just yeah. kind of make back the money that I'm I don't have. <laughs> and I think, I guess, like, being open to learning from the gambles that you had to take, I think that's probably also super important because, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't really know, but you just have to be, you know, prepared to learn and take that lesson regardless of, you know, what happens. Um, so now, do you feel like um, there is enough external and visible help and guidance for young entrepreneurs? Do you think that there needs to be that more needs to be done in terms of just like having access to help, just like asking the questions that you don't have to take the gambles that you had to take and finding out, you know, how do I actually do this without having to take too many risks as a small business with very, very limited capital? To be honest, if I was in uni, then that would be, I would be able to ask my lecturers and stuff and that'd, that'd be really helpful. Um, and that's the other thing. I wish I started this business when I was in varsity. Um, that would have made my life a million times easier and it would be a lot more. I think I, I think it would have. Yeah. Um, but being out of, being in my, or not in uh, uni anymore, I haven't even tried to source help. Um, I haven't even tried to source help or advice. Like the, if I ever need advice, I'll just be like, I'll ask my sister because she's absolutely fabulous and she's logical. Mm. Uh, or sometimes pop a question to my dad. But I haven't, I haven't searched for it. I, I don't feel like I've been in a, like too much of like a tizzy situation where I've needed, um, mm. that like intense guidance yet. As I said, this is such a small, intimate business that there's like not huge amounts of money flying around, and it's like nothing's been overwhelming yet. Mm. And I hope it also doesn't get to that stage where it's kind of like spiraling out of control. And I'm, yeah. So you're kind of happy with where the business is now and you're not really looking to expand too much. Um, Definitely expand like a bit more. Like I did, I told you I did a market um, last weekend. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And it was a little music festival. Um, And I wasn't expecting to sell a single pair of dungarees because I was like, who's going to go to a music festival and buy like 900 rand for dungarees? (laughs) And I managed to sell five pairs, which was just so cool. Yeah, it it was really cool. That is um, so cool. So I'm hoping to, I've messaged the market um, and hopefully they'll let me have a store there. I'm, yeah, I think they haven't gotten back to me yet, but that would, that would be the ideal thing. And it's a nice little market. Like I like the vibes at markets. It's mm. like just positive. It's, you, you get to um, interact with people. And, yeah. yeah. And it's also it's right just very relaxed. Market. Yeah. The right space for like what my kind of dungarees are kind of saying in them. non mm. So knowing what you know now and going through everything, you know, from start to finish, um, you know, you've gone through a lot of trial and error, experienced a lot of like risks and gambles. What advice would you give to someone who's also trying to start a business similar to yours or just advice to an upcoming entrepreneur in general? Um, that you're going to have to put on a lot of hours on the side, just like, morning to evening but I mean if you're choosing the right business that you're passionate about it won't feel like a burden um it's something that like I've never considered 
that I'm missing out on like my friends doing something because like I'm I'm so excited about my work and I'm so excited just about everything that like I want to sit here and do the hours. Um, so first, yeah, I guess choose something that you're really passionate about and you know you're going to be excited to do the next thing. Um, but also, I mean, that there is just going to be the gamble and you need to make sure you have some, you need to figure out a way that you can steadily be earning money from that like you don't, because whilst you're doing your gambles, mm. um, you need to have something you can fall back on. Exactly, yeah. I've found my hats, like that's my, so yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> and then also, now that I think about it, do you think it's necessary to do a design course um, before embarking on a on a business similar to yours? Or do you think that um, if you had maybe done enough research, a degree was not necessarily going to be um, like imperative for you to get started? Do you think it's possible without, you know, going through the whole process of studying first and then having it? a mandatory assignment and then you know getting started oh for sure I don't think like this was always kind of in my plans before varsity that I wanted to do um a business and I mean like all the all the like printing places I've sourced and all that kind of stuff like that wasn't any help from varsity like it was like your own research like you just you mm. have, to have to be determined and sit down with yourself and like and just research and I think you can get there like it's obviously the programs I use like photoshop and illustrator it helped that I studied them in varsity, but I mean, everything, like the extensive stuff that I know in those programs is all like self-taught on YouTube. So, I mean, anyone can pick up that kind of stuff, um, but you don't at all need a design degree. If anything, it, that sometimes kind of gets you a bit more, what would the word be? Um, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, you don't need it. You don't need it. It's cool that I did it and it helped me. Like, maybe, yeah. um, what would the word be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also trying to think of the word. It definitely improved my my design work and my illustrations. Like, it helped me think more out of the box. But, I mean, if you enjoy it, it doesn't matter if you want to do plain fabric. Mm. But, I mean, you don't need the degree. Anyone can do this. I guess it's a nice thing about the internet and YouTube and all these different platforms. Like, you can, if you're really serious about it, and like you said, if you do have the passion for it, as long as you have that, you can really learn and put in the time and the effort and the hours, which is pretty cool. YouTube has it all. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever in doubt, I'm honestly YouTube. It's <laughs> yeah. No, YouTube. I basically live on YouTube. YouTube <laughs> and people's DMs on Instagram. That's <laughs> literally all I ever do. <laughs> but that was the last question, and that was super fun. It actually went super quick, but apparently it's actually been thirty minutes, so not as quick as I thought. But it felt super quick. Like it felt like we just started, and it's already over. Um. So yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Uh, this was really fun. I learned a lot from you. Um, and I'm super excited to order my dungaree. I hope it's all there in the breakfast. <laughs> thank <laughs> so, yeah. you so much for having me. And if people want to order things from you, um, how can they get in touch with you? Where can they find all your products and see everything? Uh, my Instagram page is called bamblam underscore cpt. Um, just find me on there and DM me. Yay, like I did, like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Jordan. It's been an amazing afternoon. And um, to everyone listening, thank you so much for listening. And um, please go and support Bambalam. <laughs> guys, I can't get over this word. It's just the cutest word. But anyways, um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. And thank cool. you, Jordan, again. Thanks again. Chat soon. <laughs>